0: Hey folks, it's Marvin Cash, the host of the Articulate Fly, and we're back with another East Tennessee fishing report with Ellis Ward. How you doing, Ellis?
1: I am doing well, Marvin. How are you?
0: As always, just trying to stay out of trouble. And uh, dude, you got a little bit of rain in East Tennessee. How's it uh, how's it looking out on the water? Different. Looks like actual rivers. So the, the freeze
1: you know, the the long lakey sections. On the Muskie rivers or have have been interrupted there are certain sections he can't really even get through us that you can't really because you know 258 pound drift boat you, you can figure a way to get over stuff but there's a lot of sections that jet boats haven't been able to go on um i mean you just look around and it's like you can tell you are where water was and has been for a long time. And so that's, you know, up in the, the hills of North Carolina. And, and now, and then even, even down into Tennessee, French broad Nolichucky, they just, you're driving by and you can see the the coloration on the rocks. is like very clearly not right. And, you can't see them anymore; they actually look like rivers. they're flowing the way the way they're supposed to, and you can get from point A to point B. We do need to keep getting more, and thankfully, we just got some snow. I was just driving back from musky fishing here about an hour ago and it's coming through for for East Tennessee coming through some legitimate snow, so um you know, between those and the, the tailwaters that are going to be cooking up here for a post-spawn bite, um, it's refreshing. Makes me happy.
0: Yeah, and we probably should do a public service announcement. I've gotten a few comments on social media to let folks know about the closed sections on your rivers.
1: Yeah, so the Wataga is whether you like it or not open and the South Holston has two different sections. I was about to say, I'm going to reserve my comment, but why am I here? Uh, one of them is, I mean, they're both somewhat, mm-hmm. I'll say um, selected at random. If you ask me, they should close from the weir down. But the the weir to there's signage if you're if you're floating that top section there's a, a significant portion that is closed. Um, from the first house with the floating dock, you'll see big signs uh, down to Hickory Springs Bridge, and um, yeah, I think the next one isn't down for a couple more sections, which is much less pressured, but. Signs on the 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 downstream and the up in the event you're you're riding your jet, you
0: don't have an excuse, yeah, and so those sections are closed for how long to protect spawning fish
1: from November first to I believe February,
0: yeah, so folks just don't do it.
1: Yeah, and again, the I, I like those guidelines, and I think that there's there's some awareness. Um, the Reds get fished here, and and they get parked on, and it's kind of tough. And the reason I say I I believe February first is because I, I start fishing more more of the trout rivers. You know, mid, mid and january but it's it's rough going out there and seeing people parked and i've been a little more vocal about it this year and i have received uh more than stern looks and it, it's it's been for saying that guides shouldn't park on reds which i thought was sort of like a universally accepted thing but and it's not a to to each their own thing. It's something that has to stop. And um, I honestly, I think most recreational anglers around here don't do it. And it's, it's, it's tough to see that Um, mostly in the first, you know, November, December, but reds are sort of algae back up. The, those light circles are becoming a little darker and, Water, you know, getting good pushes of water, and be time kind to of, kind of fish post here pretty soon.
0: Yeah, and I know you. It's kind of you know, I know you feel strongly about it, and you don't do it. And your theory is people shouldn't be fishing reds anywhere, closed or not closed. But I also know for you, from a practical perspective, it's not as big a deal because you're kind of you know twenty four seven, maybe not three sixty five, but a good ninety uh, musky fishing, right?
1: right now yeah and i really I, I start i start in heavy on that sort of august the the trout streams can just get a little more finicky i'd said on a, a youtube video how appreciative i was this is my my fourth year and kind of the first year where it's it's felt sustainably busy and and you know the right people are finding me and uh, you know, enough trips to have some really good days and um meet some awesome people, but please let's let's make that busy season not from September through November. Because if you just if you pick up rocks and and look at the bug life on Crown on the other underside of the rocks in February, March through July, it's You know, your hand is crawling. It's teeming with life. August, September, October. I mean, you can still get great days, and I've had great days, but that that biomath is moving out of the system, and they've also just been pounding since Memorial Day weekend. So um, I kind of start shifting sort of that, that late summer. But, it, you know, at, at the end of the day, both of the the rivers, even though they can be very tough, are super healthy with lots of fish and maybe not 365 days a year. But with dry fly conditions, you know, maybe a little overcast or sunny, depending on the, the species of mayfly or caddis, but you're going to be able to find Roger, which had great Three days fishing dry flies as recent as a week or two ago. So, yeah, it's not all, just because there, some trout are spawning does not mean that is where you're going to go or, you know, where everyone is going to go. There's there's plenty of fish that are hanging around doing their normal thing. And yes, I, I am at that time, Probably found on a Musky River somewhere.
0: Yeah. Speaking of, uh, what are you seeing? You know, now that you've gotten a little push of water, uh, how have things changed?
1: Well, we haven't. It's basically opened up a few different pieces of water. You know, the the areas that are that have fish that are part of the TVA system. Um. You know, patterning musky throughout a season or over years is like that's the hardest thing. Finding the finding the home, knowing their even the cities, not to mention the zip codes and and addresses, but being able to do that in the same day when you're getting you know a, a totally different set of conditions. Can be a little more challenging. Sometimes it can fire them up, um, but what what more water means that we're, we're having consistent windows of generation and no generation. So you're you're fishing the same amount of water, um, be it high or low, for longer periods of time. Which it's it's really hard. I mean, sometimes you'll get them on those those fluctuations. And you'll see them moving there, but um, fishing anything off-color, just knowing how deep you're going and, and where they're holding based on generation or not, is, it really changes the day around. So having a little more consistency there and longer windows of water on is is really helpful for, for tracking them down. And then on the free stones, I think it's just, it's fired them up a little bit. So it it hasn't been so much that sections are anything other than, like, the the topical view, like those logs that all should be underwater. Yeah, now they're underwater. They haven't turned into new holding zones or, you know, rock structures, and and some of the lower areas haven't vanished. but seeing more, I mean, just in the last week, seeing uh, a little more commitment from the ones that I know where they are and, you know, finding finding some other ones that, like, yeah, I didn't, I didn't know they'd be there, but more you fish, I mean, there's, you got a little color in the water. We've also just had some good days recently, some good moon days that coincide with cloud cover. So, getting fish in the net and, and getting more of those addresses. I think that was a Chris Wellen thing from one of your interviews with them.
0: Yeah. Funny. I just re-released that, uh, or I reminded people of it, I guess more accurately. Uh, I'm doing a 12 day of Christmas thing where I'm putting out old episodes um, to kind of drive people back to, uh, to Spotify. But yeah, you know, it's kind of funny with those conditions, you know, um, good day to be a muskie, bad day to be a horse head sucker.
1: Yeah, <laughs> or a um, good, good or bad day to be dead deer tied to a hook.
0: Yeah, and so, you know, uh, speaking of, we're kind of winding down. This is our last fishing report of the year, and this will actually be the last episode I'll put out this year, and it's time to do our drawing. And, uh, Ellis, you want to remind folks what we're drawing for before I uh, tell you uh, who the uh, Google random number generator generated?
1: Two days of fishing with me. And that can be anything we want. Anything I do, um, warmer evening can include mousing. It's it's a lot. It's a lot of time trapped on the boat with me. <laughs> 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 Get out! <laughs> trying to sell it before, and then uh, in between the two full days of, of guided fishing, and in between.
0: at the River Lodge. Uh, yeah, which is, uh, super cool. And so the winner is actually local. I was pretty funny when I got, saw his name his address. Uh, it's Chris Reinstedler. So Chris, uh, super lucky. I would encourage you to reach out to Ellis, uh, on Instagram or call his cell. And, uh, if he hasn't heard from you in a week or so, I'll reach out to you. And, uh, I know, uh, I know LSU, or you've been the mad scientist uh, cranking out bucktails. What have you got on the bucktail front?
1: My living room is covered right now. <laughs> I, I just got <laughs> everything well, recently dyed tail are in bag. Um, I did a little did it a little different this year and, and kind of focused on getting them all processed and dried, and then sort of doing batches of, of dyed stuff and releasing different sizes of, of the naturals at the same time. So I'll have uh, an assortment of colors up in the next day or two. And if you're listening to this, I suspect in the next day or two, you should check my website or check Instagram. And then um, just on a rolling basis, I'm going to be continuing to, to put up Some of the really nice naturals kind of hesitating to do that all at once because they they get
0: scooped pretty quickly. Yeah. And so, folks, if you are a Bucktail fan or if you're an Ellis Ward fan or both, uh, one of the things we've done, if you've been watching our Instagram feed, we've been building out a Patreon community to support the podcast. And two great things Ellis is offering. There are two different tiers uh, in Patreon, and you can just uh, click on the link in our show notes. At one tier – you get a discount, you get 10% off bucktails from Ellis. And then another tier, you get a hundred dollar per year uh guide credit with Ellis. So um, if you're uh want to treat yourself or someone special, that would be a cool way to support the show and to support Ellis.
1: Yeah, Marv, I appreciate the work you've done on that, and I appreciate everyone's support. And I'm I'm looking forward to getting new names and faces onto the boat or or sending packages to to new names and faces
0: yeah very very cool and before i uh, i let you hop this evening ellis you want to let folks know where they can find you so they can uh, book you and buy bucktails from you
1: yeah website and is the easiest way to get bucktail and that is elliswardflies.com. Uh you can also send any questions Uh, or or book trips on elliswardflies.com if you have questions or if you just want to reach out and and ask about trips or bucktail or flies or whatever easiest way to do that is my cell phone at 513-543-0019 and i'm on instagram at elliswardguide
0: Uh, Well, there you go. And, folks, I want to wish all of you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year, Ellis. Merry Christmas, Park. Tight lines, everybody.